Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Two Worlds podcast. I'm your host, Jake Dilley, and with me is the Zan to my Jaina, Casey Morse. How's it going, buddy? Not too bad, man. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. We got a we got a heck of a podcast today. Going to be talking comics, going to be talking news, going to be even covering up our battle that we discussed last week. Absolutely. But, let, but let's start off with having you plug some stuff. Okie dokie. Well, as I'm sure you're not sick of hearing yet, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash two worlds pod. You can also follow us on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore PC and also on Instagram at two worlds pod. Uh, any questions or comments, you can email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com and please rate and review us five stars wherever you're listening to this. Yeah. And today I'm going to warn you guys, my dog felt the need to hop on and co-host with me today. So if she makes any noises, I apologize. I think she just really wants to be on the podcast. I do too. She'll have to be our ace, the bat hound. <laughs> I'm all about a mascot. <laughs> but uh, all right, man, why don't you start us off with some news? So the one of the things I saw, then I, I'd, I'd heard this last week too, but this is like the first time I've seen it printed and not just heard it on a podcast, but the new Justice League Dark Apocalypse movie it's going to be the end of the animated movie verse, or at least this universe of animated movies. Really? So, I mean, that's, that's what they're saying. And I, I think it's kind of dumb, but kind of smart. Cause it's like, this will, they now can just go back to the well of movies. Like they don't have to like before. Cause I think that was like the third death and return of superman that they had done when they did the one in this universe when they actually were keeping the universe together so now they can do it again and they can just go back to these really good ones that they know people are going to buy so it makes sense and maybe they can you know reboot the terribleness that was hush (laughs) well here's a question is there any story that you feel like would be a great dc animated movie that they haven't touched on yet long halloween okay like that that one and like really um superman for all seasons also that's another one that'd be really easy it's also a jeff Loeb tim sale one like right. really easy and then just good you know like the, but those also i think can be off on like long halloween would be fine in the main universe but superman for all seasons would be kind of an off on its own story in my opinion sure but it is kind of disappointing to see the end of this in my opinion yeah no i mean i i haven't kept up in the last year or so of animated movies but i remember when they like really started pushing these out like i don't know within the last you know eight years or so and some of those early ones were really really good yeah like I'll be honest, there was Dooms, I was, uh, like, I think it was Justice League Doom War, maybe? It was, like, the first one of this universe's stuff, like, the one after Flashpoint was hysterically bad, but then, like, I, I want to say Tomasi. Was that the Tower of Babel? Like, no, 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 this would have been, like, 
it was a dark. It was based off of Jeff Johns's um, Justice League, like his first New Fifty Two Justice oh, League. Oh yes, I remember that. That was one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, that one. And but they got like I think Tomasi kind of took over, like kind of like script supervising. It might have been Tomasi, or no, it wasn't Tomasi. It was um. Oh, what was his? I'm blanking on his name now. I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. He's he wrote a lot of uh, Ulster westerns. Uh, Jimmy Palmiotti, Justin Gray. It was Jimmy Palmiotti. I could be wrong, or it's either him or the first name I mentioned. And they were actually writing the scripts for it because they did the Death and Return of Superman. That was super good, and I would highly recommend if you haven't seen it to watch that one. Like right. you, you can go. Like, oh, I don't need to see that because I've seen the other five that they've come out with. But this one's actually really good. It sticks pretty close to comics, but they kind of update it to make it more modern. Right. Well, whether it's Tomasi or Palmiotti, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Well, um, what What's some news you got? Is there any good news out there? Well, that's a that's a great question. There. <laughs> Most most of the news we see right now is bad, right? But uh, yeah. a cool one that I saw before we get into some of the bad, um, there is an auction coming up um, from the Ian Levine, Levine collection, however he pronounces it. It's every single DC Comics issue from 1939 to 2016 as a complete set. Every oh boy. issue. <laughs> now that's over forty thousand issues of comics. Did it have like? Is it is the auction has it already started? I think it's like it's gonna start soon. I I didn't see okay. the date, but it's coming up. It, is the shop gonna try bidding on that? <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> Dude, I honestly I don't know what what that's gonna get to. I mean, we're we're. I'm thinking at least ten million dollars. More than likely, yeah. I'd... Because the only like, thing... Superman is going to go for one or two million on its own. You know, Batman's pretty close, but you know, it's oh. got Wonder Woman, the Justice League, like just every, like you know, that's it's huge. Yeah, the only thing though is like it is a huge collection. So like, I have a feeling it might go just as far as like what I've seen at auctions that type of stuff. It's like. People don't want all that. Like, they would, you could, like, if someone could probably buy that if you had, like, the money just on hand and make that money back so easily just by selling them one at a time and putting the work in. Because I have a feeling the guy that wants, you know, early Superman and stuff, it's like he doesn't want also all of the 90s Superman and <laughs> all this other stuff with it. You know what I mean? So, well, yeah, but also he's probably already got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, If it was me, I would be very upset with the people that are, like, selling them all together. I would be like, sell them one at a time, make me more money. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but another thing to think about is sometimes, like, when CGC grades something or, or a collection is being sold off, they have what's called pedigree, which means that... Uh, you know, it's like it's only been with one owner. So 
you know, if any of these books get graded or are graded, they'll have a note on the, the grading casing that says, you know, pedigree, Ian Levine or whatever. And so, you know, maybe that matters more to some people. I know I haven't seen a lot out of pedigree collections, but it is still like a niche thing. So yeah. maybe maybe the pedigree collectors are going to, you know, be all over it. I, I don't know. That I mean, that makes sense to me. But either way, that's an insane set of comics. Like, yeah. If, if I got every DC issue, you know, the first 20 years of their publication history, I think I'd deal with all the 90s Superman that came with it. <laughs> oh, absolutely, dude. I mean, I wouldn't even be against having the 90s Superman. There's some good stuff that came out of that. I was just saying it's like, in general, if you're wanting just early stuff and you have to sift through 80s to 90s stuff, you might want to just pay up and get, you know, the one issue you want. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and then... So another thing I saw, this I think this was on Newsarama, but they were talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe's MVP, whether that's, uh, well, they had different categories. Um, there was one for actor, for character, and for movie. And I wanted to get your hot take on who you think deserves the win in each of those categories for the MCU. Hmm. I'd say for most valuable actor and character, it's Iron Man and Tony Stark. Yeah. Because like if you know uh, Robert Downey Jr. hadn't been so perfect for that role, the MCU wouldn't have started. Yeah, without a doubt. And so I mean, like, it's just that's just his in general. Ugh. So I mean, yeah, I'd say those two for sure. And then movie though. I'd, I mean, I'm going to go with the first Avengers. That's exactly what I was going to say, too. So, yeah, you have the same same picks as I do? Yep. I mean... See, we need, we need to be more different. You should have been like, I think it was Gamora and <laughs> Dave Batista. <laughs> but I think Ant-Man's the most important movie. <laughs> I'll say Ant-Man's one of the more enjoyable movies. <laughs> no, that's a fact, man. I love like Ant-Man 1 and 2 are like two of the ones I enjoy the most. Yeah. But uh, but like you said, without Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr., we wouldn't have what do we have like 23 films at this point? Yeah. And, and you're uh, like like I think the Incredible Hulk and Edward Norton are the two most most valuable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, anyway, that I thought that was kind of a fun thing. So you can yeah. go ahead and deliver one of yours. Okay, and speaking of fun things, I've been on the social medias a lot this weekend. And Mike McNoll, I don't know what came over him, but he's been like just sketching random things like every day. And it started with the Flintstones. So he did Fred, Barney, Wilma, Betty, um, Dino, and the great whatever, like the little alien guy. Yeah, just just sketched all of them. And then he was like, you know, I never really liked Ultraman. I just like the exact like the quote was like, he's like, I never really liked Ultraman. Never could get into the show. Didn't really even like his design, but his monsters were awesome looking. And I'd always see the toys that Art Adams place back in the day. 
someone's going to start drawing those. So then he's, he drew Ultraman, and he just started drawing all of the different Ultraman kaiju monsters. It's That's so cool awesome. to check out. Yeah, like, his monster work is just great. And, like, his captions for it, too, are like, I don't know what's going on with this guy's arms. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's all he would say. He was like, he's like, fish head guy. Don't know if that's his name, but I thought he looked cool. Like, just stuff like that. I'm like, this is hilarious. That's awesome. I should really uh, pass that on to my business partner, Mike, who is a huge fan of both Ultraman and Magnola. That sounds very much up his alley. Yeah, it's uh, art. It's at Art of uh, MM on Instagram, and yeah, like just check it out, everybody, because it's great. And also about Mike Nola in auctions, even he is um, donating two different sketches that he drew, both uh, on eBay. They're in auction. Hundred percent of the proceeds are going to go to World Central Kitchen to aid COVID nineteen feeding. So mm-hmm. all this money, I was like, and it just got announced today. And it's already way out of my price range. The smaller bust is $760 and the full body is at $1,200. Man. Well, that's great. I, I hope that it, it gets a lot higher for that, uh, that charity. Same here. It's just, I was like, you know, maybe I can do a little bit. And I saw them like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you could and just get denied immediately. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Uh, why don't you go ahead and do another one? Because my last one is going to be the talk of the town today. Okay. Um, last bit. Uh, I saw some images of the new Stargirl TV show. It's got, like, a picture of her in her costume. That's got, you know, the Stripes robot and an Hour Man also in, you know, in another picture. And then it has a picture of Dr. Midnight without, without his costume on. So it's kind of showing all the different, you know, a bunch of different characters in it. Looks pretty cool. It looks like, you know, I think it is going to be on CW. I don't think it's going to be on the app, which it does look very CW. Like just the, for some reason, the way their colors pop, it pops in a different way than the movies, in my opinion. Sure. Maybe I don't know how that works because I'm colorblind, but they just look different. <laughs> and I don't know why. So but it looks, looks cool. A couple questions then. One, do you know if they're using the... Uh, so we saw the, those JSA characters pop up in Legends of Tomorrow. Is it those same actors? I'm, I don't know. I'm going to assume probably not. Because like they got different actors when they had the Doom Patrol show up and Titans and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm going to assume probably not, but I have no idea. Mm. I know that, that Jeff Johns is heavily involved in the Stargirl show. And I will say, while I'm not a big fan of his in recent years, I adore his Justice Society run from the early 2000s, I think, like 04 maybe. But uh, if if he writes these characters like he did in that series, then this show is going to be as awesome as it can be for like TV budget, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I say rightfully so though, that he's involved since he did create the character. Like I know he is kind of involved in everything TV related anymore because I think that's, that is his job. But at the same time, it's like, this is his baby. Like this would be like having a Jessica Jones show and not having Vendez involved. It's like, right. <laughs> like that's the one like as much as i don't like vendez but that's like the one thing you kind of have to have him involved in same with jeff johns like you have to have jeff johns involved in star girl like 
just how how it goes. Yep, I agree. Well, hopefully that's a good show. Um, I, I have hopes. Did you have any other news bits? Nope, that was my last bit. Okay. Um, so the big thing, uh, as we continue our talk from last week about Diamond pausing the uh, new comics uh, distribution for however long, um, we finally kind of got responses from Marvel and DC in the last few days. Um, Marvel's was just them saying, we're working on a plan, which is whatever. Um, DC's is a lot more interesting. They're looking at uh, like a multiple distributor model right now um, outside of strictly Diamond. But I don't know if that's good or bad because they didn't mention in this announcement if if that involved comic shops. They mostly just said places that haven't been affected by like non-essential shutdowns, that's who they're looking at to put out these comics. And in most places, that's not comic book stores. I mean, that's like Walmart, who I know that they've had some exclusive rights with before with some of their uh, 100-page giants. So... And then I saw right before we started recording this that uh, all of April 1st's uh, DC comics that were supposed to come out digitally have been pushed back to the last of the month. So I don't know if that's going to affect things for, uh, for their physical copies as well. But I don't know. I mean, that, you know, I, I'm fine with them, like, stepping outside of just dealing with Diamond. But in this scenario with like COVID-19, we, we really need some answers on who they're going to be working with and whether or not comic shops are going to be able to get their books. I, I'm just going to say, I bet they'll still be able to get your books mostly. And this is just coming from someone who doesn't know anything, but mostly because of the fact that they're going on like, Oh, anyone that like the way it sounds to me, it sounds like they're going like anyone that can get books that can actually ship them out we'll work with you. But if you're going to be that comic book shop, that's like, we're going to hoard these for later. We're not going to work with you. But if you are actually showing like how you are roadside service, shipping stuff out, that type of stuff, they want to work with you because they just want to make money. That yeah. you know, that, so I have a feeling that's what it is, but they're just trying to look at all avenues to make money. Now I did have a DC sales rep reach out to me through my shop's email earlier but it was very like a vague introduction which I responded to so I'm hoping to get some answers in the next couple days but maybe they are just gonna you know start printing their own books and working directly with retailers that would be wonderful if that happened it would be to not have to deal with diamond would be yeah oh Really quick, speaking of the comic book industry failing, um, <laughs> I just I just remembered something I saw on Twitter. All like since you're not on Twitter, you wouldn't have seen this, but all of the different Marvel and DC writers are and artists are teaming up, and they're talking about when this stuff gets done, we need to bring back a Marvel and DC crossover to get the you know get stuff revitalized. And so they're all like taking like what they want, and then like 
after a while, James Tynan's like, I don't care what happens, but I'm writing Dark Claw. And then that got uh, <laughs> Justin Williamson to be like, well, if he gets that, then I want these amalgam characters. And it's just, it's just snowballing. So like if something does come out of it, like if anything good comes out of the Corona, it's that we might get amalgam back. <laughs> Dude, that would be incredible. <laughs> I know. I, I have all of those still somewhere, and while some of them are cheesy, I think they're tons of fun, and I think that would make just so much money. I know, dude. It would be the. Yeah, I would love it. I loved it then. I'd love it now. Yeah, I'll ask then. Uh, which of those amalgam books was your favorite? The of I that I read because. I didn't have, you know, like the comic shops and stuff, but of the ones that I read, I really liked uh, Spider-Boy. Okay. That was Superboy and Spider-Man? Yep. I really want to read the Flash Ghost Rider one, though. Oh, yeah. he. Lo- I think it was Speed Demon. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Dark Claw was neat. I liked... Um, it was called Bruce Wayne, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., I knew that would be your pick. <laughs> um, but that that one's surprisingly not the top of my list. Um, Doctor Strange Fate is actually up there. That was a wacky. That book, one was weird. I loved, so I loved the Hulk crossover character in that one just because his name. Do you remember that? I don't think I remember his name. It was Solomon Grundy and Hulk, and he was the Skulk. Oh, the Skulk, right. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the coolest part of that Bruce Wayne Agent of Shield though was that Nightwing and Moon Knight were the the crossover character and you know whenever I read that I was those two were like my favorite at the time Nightwing still is but man that was such I, I just I wanted one of him on his own <laughs> yeah well I mean I'm surprised like if it would have been more like more issues then Chuck Dixon probably would have been able to write that sooner or later since he's written both. Absolutely. And his Moon Knight series was awesome. So that that would have been fantastic. But all right. Anyway, uh, before we get into our comics segment, let's take a break for some advertising. All right. Welcome back. Um, We're adding in a very small segment this week, something that we'd like to continue moving forward. And that is our cover of the week. So, Casey, I'll let you start off. What was your favorite cover out of all your books this week? It would have been Superman or Batman Superman number eight. It's got um, old Nick Darrington art. And I really like his art. It makes me think of like Cliff Chang. It's super cool. The cover looks great. Like it's Batman looking at the city of Candor. Rachel Ghoul is about to cut him up. Zod's kind of looking over him. And Batman's just looking on. It It's awesome. There's no no word bubbles. So. Sadly, I didn't get that this week, but <laughs> still pretty great. What about you, man? Um, I I don't read this title, but I pick up covers by this artist because I have a problem. And that <laughs> is Supergirl number 40 by Derek Chu. I think I have every single DC cover Derek Chu has done. He is a student of Art Germ. So okay. his styles are... I mean, not similar. They're they're definitely different enough, but you can tell that like he's taken lessons from Art Germ, and uh, so this cover is Supergirl with like a donut and coffee in her hand, but she's kind of got an anime style, and it's just so different from your typical Supergirl cover, and I I just loved it. 
Nice, man. Yeah, I know so, how much you love yeah. those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was great. Let's see. All right, so what comics did you read this week? All right, so I read Hotel Hell, number one, X-Men and Fantastic Four, uh, number three, Immortal Hulk, 33, Detective Comics, 1021, Sex Criminals, 28, Justice League Dark, 21, Batman Superman, 8, and Flash, 752. Basically, my plan this week is I'm going to do a brief rundown of each of them. I have like one to two sentences for each of them until I get to the top three. Then I'll go into more detail on those because they're the ones I like the best. Okay. What comics did you read, man? Um, I read Sonic the Hedgehog 27, Amethyst number two, and Last God number six. And then I also started the uh, the first volume of Justice League Odyssey, which I'll kind of touch on. But I'll let you do your quick rundown and then we can do our top three. All right. All right, so Hotel Hotel Hell, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun, like, just crazy, weird story. It's like, if you're a horror fan, you should check it out. It's by John Lee and, I'll try to get his name right, Dalibor Talahitch. I think that's might be how you, that's probably not how you say it, but that's how I'm going to say it. It was, <laughs> it was really good. Like, it made me think of, like, Bad Times at El Royale, but more horror-y, if that's a word. Uh, X Men Fantastic, X Men Fantastic Four, like it's it's been fine. Like I still think the people that like the way they're written, it just seems like they jump to conclusions way too quickly. Like they should be a little bit more cool headed. Like how many times have these characters jumped into things and fought way too early on? It's just like guys, you should learn from this by now. But whatever. Uh, Detective Comics, 1021. I haven't really been feeling the storyline. Cult of Two-Face thing is just kind of off. There's some neat facts, you know, neat parts to it, but I don't know. I like I like Two-Face being more one or the other, and this is kind of like a new take on him, and I'm just not super into it. Sex Criminals 28. Um, didn't read Sex Criminals 27 because I didn't know it came out. So... <laughs> So, like, I was very lost. There's a lot of wieners in this one. Uh, the <laughs> Flash 752. I almost put this in my top three, but, like, it seems like Flash is always one of my favorite books that I talk about. So, I'm like, I'll not put this one in my top three. It was really good. Paradox stuff happened. Flash might be dead, but he turns out he's not. And he's going to travel through time. It's really good. Sounds like a Flash story. Right? <laughs> Like, I think I summed up about 10 of them. Uh, okay, so my number three of the week is Justice League Dark, number 21 by Ram, or Ram V and Tynan with Alvaro Bueno on the art. <laughs> 10 out of 10 pronunciation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the infected humans are beginning to be like too much for the heroes just to like, you know, contain and hold back. So Diana is just like, well, time we fight actually, you know, take care of them. And then like the buddy was like, Hey, these are people. You can't just be killing them. (laughs) We got to keep holding them back. I have a plan, even though he's like a little bit infected. 
And so his plan just deals with this microscopic flatworm that's in his stomach. And then just, then it cuts away to Zatanna and Constantine. So we don't know what his plan is. That's going to happen next issue. And they're trying to find Abigail Arcane. There's one part where all these uh, brat monsters are attacking them. And Zatanna quotes Queen backwards. It made for a really fun part because I didn't know what was going on. Because you just read it, it's like Galileo. Very, very frightening. And then she's like, thunderbolts of lightning. And then, and then she you know, shoots out lightning. I'm like, man, that's, that was wonderful. <laughs> that just made me really happy. And like the first issue of this arc, I wasn't super into, but this one was really awesome. So I figured it would, I figured that's how it would end up being. Because like, that's just seems, kind of seems how the Justice League Dark is. Like it just kind of it starts off. I'm like, I don't know about this. And then you read it and you're like, okay, you got me hooked. <laughs> okay, man. What about you? Um, well, I'll start off by briefly touching on Justice League Odyssey. I am really sad that I am so late to this party because <laughs> I've read three issues of uh, of that first volume, and man, it is really, really cool. Um, the first two issues in particular, which were the art was done by God, I hope I'm saying this right. I think it's Stefan Sedgwick. Um, he's just awesome. And I know there was some issues with production that, and they had to like scrap or totally redo those two issues. But it makes me really sad that, that he uh, only did those two issues. Because like whoever comes after is still really good. But if you follow him, like anything's kind of a disappointment and that that sounds way more mean than i want it to it's just he was really really good yeah uh, but the story's wild and i'm enjoying it so i definitely am gonna catch up on that series yeah dude i agree okay. i agree with you 100 percent though it's like i picked up right as dan abnett started it because i was just like i wanted a random dc book to read and i picked that up and i was like man i'm dumb i should have been reading this way sooner well, I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, the Dan Abnett stuff is good too, because right now it's Josh Williamson, who I know you're a fan of, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's just <laughs> excuse the pun out of this world, but it really <laughs> is. So I I definitely I'm gonna blaze through uh, that really quickly, especially in the coming weeks, since we won't have any new books, right? That's a fact. But uh, okay, so anyway. I'll talk uh, for my third pick, Last God, number six. That's written by Philip Kennedy Johnson. And then art is done by Ricardo Federici and colors by, I'm just going to say various. There was three colorists on this book. Um, They all did really great. But man, this book is like a great dark fantasy story. And I know that it's a black label title, so they can kind of get away with that. But I'm still shocked that, like, this is a DC book. DC is putting out this crazy dark fantasy story. And it's just, you know, it feels like you're reading, like, an image title or some other smaller press company. It just doesn't feel like a DC book. But I guess that's the joy of black label. And I'm thrilled. Um, I don't use the word epic lightly. But man, I mean, this book really does have the same sort of scope as, say, Lord of the Rings. And I'm thrilled that every time one comes out, because, I mean, this is my favorite genre. I eat the sword and sorcery stuff right up. And 
every issue just like adds more and more to this crazy world. And Philip Kennedy Johnson is just one heck of a fantasy writer. So I love this book. If you like fantasy, like Lord of the Rings, or I'd say even Game of Thrones, but like less political, just more crazy, like dragons and monsters and stuff, you got to give this a read. I mean, that's that's high compliment coming from you since you're, you know, Lord of the Rings is kind of like one of your main things and comparing it to that. That's that's got to be that's got to be good then. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So my number two for this week would be Hulk 33 by Al Ewing uh, on the writing. Joe Bennett with the main story art and Nick Pitara on the Mindscape sequence. This book is wild. Like for a while, it's just been kind of spinning its wheels. I think they kind of, I don't know if they, if Marvel just told Al, like do 10 more issues than what we, you know, what you normally had planned. So he was just kind of like stuff was just kind of going nowhere, but man, this one was just crazy. It starts with like showing Hulk what, or showing what, like the, what would happen if Hulk just completely let loose or like Bruce let most in quotes, most powerful version of Hulk out and it just shows like this weird abomination like a, i can't really use the term abomination since that's a character this weird monster thing again that's another character but this weird monster that's got like four arms and like looks like different hulks and it's like this crazy looking just killing all of the marvel heroes and like it it's wild like the art looked great with that and then it goes to like goes inside of bruce's head then like Doc, Doc Samson, everyone's like trying to talk, you know, talk to Bruce who think who thinks his name's Robert now. And he's going by that instead because of the stuff that Zemu did to him and stuff. So it's now goes inside of Bruce's head and Hulk's there and Planet Hulk Hulk is with him. And they're talking. He's like leading him through the crazy Bruce's brain because Bruce has all the different Hulks in there, you know, and like the Devil Hulk's all tied up again, which I thought was cool. They brought the Devil Hulk back. That was the thing. I'm pretty sure made by um, now I'm blanking on his name. The the one writer that I really like that I should know his name that did the Hulk for forever. Um, what like Greg Pak? No, it was before Greg Pak. Uh, oh, what's he wrote him for in the '90s? Brought in like all of the Hulk mythos. Oh, dude, Peter David. Peter David. <laughs> I knew, I knew it. I'm like, I can't believe I'm brain farting this dude's name. But yeah. Uh, Peter David was the one that invented the devil Hulk and it never kind of, as far as I know, never got touched on again until this book. And they brought him back real, real wild stuff. And the you know, devil Hulk's tied up again, like planet Hulk Hulk just kind of beats him up a little bit, then takes them past this one spot where Joe fix it is. And Hulk's like, why is he tied up? Why is he put up? And he's like, Zemu got to him first. So he's no good to us either. So they keep walking. And then he shows them where, little Bruce is watching Zemu on TV and that's why Bruce's brain's all messed up. And so Hulk then kind of, or plant Hulk Hulk explains him what's going on, how he, what he needs to do. And so Hulk goes up there and destroys the TV that he's watching, climbs through it. And while he's climbing through it, it goes back to uh, Bruce with them. And he's like, starts like dying in front of him, in front of Doc Samson, everybody. They're like, what? what's going on? Like, Oh, give me through it. I'm a doctor, you know, and they start looking and then like Hulk's fist is coming through. It's just, just like basically Hulk just like 
blows up Bruce. And, like, there's pieces of Bruce everywhere. And, like, this that Hulk's just evolved. You know, like, he's just popped out now. That's how he decided to come up this time. They're, like, kind of worried. They're, like, this has happened before. It's fine. That's not real. Bruce isn't actually dead. So, like, okay, good. And Hulk is now stupid Hulk again. And he's, like, oh, we're going to go to Rocks on Smash. And so he, they go there. They And, like, Zemu's just, like, messed with every single member of the rocks on thing and they're all like these like weird like just again i want to use the term abominations because they, they just look like these terrifying disgusting things and so they're just fighting all these people like they're not people anymore and so like the rocks on head guy is like what the heck because he this is his first time noticing all of these things you know how they all of his people have looked and he's like what is going on and turns out zemu's been doing this and so zemu's like oh i've gotten stronger and now i'm gonna turn and do this to you and he like tears them all apart so the rocks on dude's just like he's just basically screwed this guy over and so then like hulk you know gets out and get or gets up there and fights him hulk wins no surprise and then it just ends though with like hulk leaving not really knowing how he won because he did kind of pass out when he won and there's a big reveal. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's this twist, crazy reveal. It's got me really excited for the next issue, even though the twist is kind of ruined on the cover of the next issue. But still, it was awesome. It sounds crazy, crazy wild. It is. Um, I will talk about... Sonic next. I'll make that my number two. Sonic the Hedgehog number 27. That's by Ian Flynn uh, with art by Evan Stanley and Adam Bryce Thomas. And then colors are by Matt Herms and Bricardi Curry. So it's continuing the Metal Virus arc. Tails and Amy um, go off into this portal to get one of the Chaos Emeralds from this big dumb guy who's kind of like the blob He's like too stupid to outwit, but too strong to fight. So he was tough for them. They had to like lure him under this gateway and crush him with the gate and then snatch the Chaos Emerald from him. Um, And then an even crazier fight was Cream. And I don't really know how to pronounce this character. He's a robot. I think it's G. Merle. Uh, because that's how it's spelled but uh, they fight a lady who can control machines so that that was pretty weird because Jamurl is a machine so I don't really know and like Sonic came up with the teams and like who was gonna do what so I don't yeah why really didn't know what Sonic's why didn't anyone question that leadership there <laughs> that, that'd be like being like okay Magneto's here let's send Colossus and Wolverine against him. <laughs> I know, man. I I was pretty baffled, unless I just totally missed something last issue. But uh, but anyway, um, you know, through the power of friendship, <laughs> like all these things go, Cream and Jamal prevail and get the Chaos Emerald from her. Um, the coolest part. And this is spoilers, so you know if you don't want to hear spoilers, skip that a couple minutes. Um, Cream actually gets infected by the metal virus because she can't really fight. She had no business being there, so <laughs> she gets infected. Um, 
the portal back to Sonic opens and uh, Cream's like, go on, you know, go back there, give them the, the emerald. I'm going to stay here because I'm infected and I don't want to get anyone else infected. I know I can't fight. I'm just going to hide. So Jamurl takes the, the Chaos Emerald and just chucks it through the portal. And then the portal closes and he's like, no, I'm staying with you until you get better. And I thought that was super cool. That is really cool. Um, but then at the end, um, Zavok, who's kind of the overarching villain of this arc, shows up uh, by Sonic and Eggman. Uh, which was sooner than Sonic planned because not everybody's come back with the Chaos Emerald that they were sent out to get. Um, so we'll see what happens next issue. I know there's going to be a couple more fights from those other groups, and I'm really looking forward to that. It's This book is like, it's such a good mix of classic Sonic stuff, but, you know, with like good action, and there's plenty of humor, like all ages humor, and then like the emotional touching stuff like Jamerl and Cream. So, you know, I know some people kind of sleep on Sonic the Hedgehog, but it's it's good storytelling. Good, man. I'm glad you're digging it. And yeah. so, okay, for my first favorite, if you guys have, you know, haven't been able to guess what it is, even though you should be able to know what it is because I told you everything I read, but my number one is Batman Superman number eight by Joshua Williamson and Nick Darrington. I love this issue so much. Like the last issue, Zod dumped the like he found a Lazarus pit and he dumped the people of Candor because I guess they died in another issue. Dumped the people of Candor into it, and so this t- issue, they're all coming back, and for some reason they have powers already, and they're all coming back to life, full powered. And you know when you pop out of the Lazarus pit, you crazy. Yeah. You get a bunch of B-sized Kryptonians flying around crazy. <laughs> and like Rachel Ghoul's like, I didn't want this. And he's like trying to, you know, trying to fight them. And they're like, there's one part made me laugh. I don't think it was supposed to be funny, but he's just like, We see, like, if you have willpower like mine, it only takes, you know, you only you're only mad for a few minutes. But these people, they've never f- dealt with this before. And then they like they fly into his ear. He's like, Oh, they're in my ear. And that was so funny to me. <laughs> I don't know if it was supposed to be, but it was hilarious. And so, yeah, they they were fighting them. And, like, they couldn't do much because it's just a bunch of tiny supermen flying everywhere. And Zod was just going to, like, Zod was just willing to let them beat the crap out of them. Just until they could get their, you know, minds back. Because that's how much, that's just what he believed was the right thing to do. Because he cared so much about these people, you know. Because that's how Zod is. And... And so, but then, um, Raish had this ultraviolet bomb that he tossed, and it got rid of all their powers. They put them all back in the, you know, city, and they're holding it, and they're talking for a little bit. And then Raish Al Ghul, being the jerk that he is, takes his kryptonite sword and just stabs the city, trying to kill all of them, because he's the only one that's allowed to cheat death. That was his exact words. Wow. <laughs> so then Superman's like, Batman? Because like that made Zod mad, and Zod attacked him, and he's like, Batman? I gotta take these guys to the fortress and try to make sure they don't die. Please make sure Zod doesn't kill Raish. And he's like, yeah, just go. And so Superman flies off. And then 
Raish and Zod fight. It's not much of a fight. You know, Zod's just beating the crap out of him. And, like, he throws around stuff. And then, like, um, Batman tosses a bomb on Zod's head. And, you know, it doesn't do anything. But it distracts him long enough for Raish to cut him with his kryptonite sword. And this is the part that I love the most. Because people always say, well, Batman can beat Superman because he's got kryptonite. And, and it's like, doesn't matter. Because, you know, what Zod did after he got stabbed? He got mad, threw the sword, took him up in the air. <laughs> then was gonna cut like rip off his head but then batman was like hey this is not the way to make the people of candor remember you don't let that you know don't let that be their memory and so he's like oh, you make a good point he just throws Raish, flies off and it was just like i said just a really great story i love loved it all just so much fun so crazy so wild and loving this series too. Yeah, it's definitely one that I plan to get in trade when well, I know the first volume's out, but it's one of the best sellers at my store. And now that I've read enough of like Joshua Williamson, I'm like, yeah, I can see why it's selling so well. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So my number one is going to be Amethyst number two. Um, that's by Amy Reader. She writes the book, she does the pencils and inks, and she does the colors of Dang. the book, which I think is insanely impressive to do for a monthly title. Yeah, I've I've seen like you know, pictures and stuff like when they were doing the uh free preview and I'm, like that art's really good too. It's not like yeah. it's not bad stuff that seems like it was rushed at all, so that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I I like it. And it's a great story on top of everything. Um, so again, I'm going to be spoiling this issue. If you don't want to hear it, skip ahead a minute or so. Um, so Amethyst and her friend Foss are trying to locate Amethyst people because they were, you find out they were stolen or kidnapped or who knows what just disappeared in the first issue. So they go to House Sapphire and uh, they just kind of run them off. And Amy starts to think that maybe House Amethyst isn't this noble, respected house that she was made to believe it was. Because, uh, you know, Amy's birth parents are from Gym World, but Amy was uh, was taken to Earth and raised by adoptive uh, you know, foster parents. So all she's heard is these stories, you know, in the, in the last few years about how great House Amethyst is. And as she's going around trying to find her people, She's starting to have doubts about that. Uh, the other houses don't seem to, to hold House Amethyst in such a high regard. So while running from the Sapphires, Foss spots the sh like a ship that she used to work on, and they hop on board. And uh, Amy starts telling the crew about uh, Earth and some of the, the different customs and stuff while they're on the water. And it leads Amy to bring up this like crystal healing book that Amy's earth mom gave her and Amy had been laughing it off because she's like yeah my mom's into healing crystals and essential oil like whatever <laughs> and I share that but you know whatever and uh, they get to this part about amethyst and decide to try out the ritual that's in the book and it actually works so Amy can teleport to like any amethyst gem and see through it like a mirror 
which is a pretty cool power, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but in doing that, she finds her people frozen, sort of, in Amethyst, and they're in Lord Opal's land, who's the villain, if you don't know anything about Amethyst. And then the big spoiler you find out at the end is that uh, we find we find out that Amy's birth parents are actually not dead. Amy thought that they died sacrificing themselves to save House Amethyst several years ago, but uh, they're actually frozen uh, in Amethyst with the rest of her people. So that's been kept from Amy for like the past three years. And obviously she freaked out hardcore about that. So I'm excited to see what happens next issue because, I mean, dang, obviously the reader would think that her parents are dead too. So maybe House Amethyst can be restored and we can find out whether or not they're actually a good house and all that. And it's just cool, man. Like, it's a cool, like, the world building is neat. Um, The colors and the art are, like, super bright and stand out. Um, you know, this there's this coming of age aspect to it for Amy, who was just a normal teenager on Earth and then gets put into this crazy fantasy land and said, you know, they're like, you have to rule these people now. So there's just a lot of cool aspects about this book. And if I mean, if any of that sounds neat to you, you should definitely check out Amethyst, especially because it's only the second issue. It's very, very easy to uh, to find one and two and hop on board the series. Now I got a question. Have you read like the earlier Ameth- Amethyst stuff or like, cause I know you read some of the pre new yeah. 50 or the new 52 stuff, right? Or did you read pre? I've read, I've read a little of both. I did read the new 52 run, which was just called sword and sorcery. And then I've got, I can't remember if it's, I think it's the second series. I don't think I've read the first. All right. Cause I was just curious. Cause it's like, I don't know enough about her to be like, oh, well, this would annoy me if they brought her parents back. Because, like, usually dead parents is a big part of the, you know, of a character. That would be like having Batman's parents be alive the whole time. Or is it nothing like, or is it nothing <laughs> like that? I, it's, it's different enough storytelling that I think it's fine. Okay. And, I, you know, I've liked these first two issues enough that, and I trust Amy Reader enough as a writer to see how she's going to handle that. Uh, you know, maybe maybe her parents are terrible, and she has to, you know, yeah, rule her people unlike her terrible parents or something. I I don't know. I yeah. don't know how it's going to go. But I got you. I'm definitely on board to find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. You ready for the for our big fight? Yeah. Did you want to do that before Fantastic Four? I figured after? we'll do that before because, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with two Fantastic Fours today again. Okay, right on. Well, let's do the battle right. then. First, I have the blue deck from my Super Fight. It's the Super Fight expansion. Basically, it's just different locations. So I'm gonna set my mic down and I'm gonna choose one at random. Okay, our guys, mine, Batman, your Daredevil, will be fighting in the Wild West. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I'm really glad it wasn't, like, 
a mine shaft because you would daredevil would for sure win there would be no chance i would have <laughs> but this this helps me out a little bit <laughs> okay man i'll start off with some of batman's feats to kind of you know get that get us started batman is in canon a master of 127 martial arts styles in a way and he has all these mastered and he can kind of morph them into his own style altogether that's amazing like that's incredible he's got bullet time as far as his reaction speed he's dodged bullets he can cat he's caught green arrow you know arrows he can he's throw his battering and slice stuff like his reaction timing is meta human levels like there's no reason a regular person should be this quick he can bench press a thousand pounds there's scans of him holding stuff that over his head like i think it was a sarcophagus i saw where they're normally about a thousand pounds he has one in one arm and he's swinging the other with a rope like his strength is out of this world he is so strong he's got all his martial arts skill he's fast as heck daredevil doesn't stand a chance (laughs) <laughs> all right well I'm, daredevil has tanked a napalm explosion uh he's taken several hits from the hulk he uh, he can also dodge bullets he he's dodged arrows before um he once dodged a sniper bullet after it had been fired turning that into like a non-lethal hit. And then um, he has a striking speed of 122.7 feet per second. Um, He can like run up walls. That kind of makes you think he's almost like (laughs) Spider-Man in a ways. Um, He he can dance around Doc Ock's arms. I don't know. The guy, I mean, the guy's basically part spider-man part cat i I just i don't think batman's gonna be able to land a hit plus i know he's uh you know you were talking about the martial arts thing too but uh but daredevil's no slouch with martial artists either he uh let's see there was one issue i don't know if it was it was either bendis or brubaker but he takes on 107 armed Yakuza members, half of which were peak human levels because they had the uh, the metahuman gene thing going on and uh, was able to hold his own against all them. So I think Daredevil's got Batsy pretty much on the ropes. I mean, here. if you want to bring up, though, a bunch of Yakuza members that were like peak human level, I've got another thing. I don't know the exact number of them, but during Grant Morrison's run, the... Uh, League of Assassins, pretty, you'd say, are pretty tough, right? Like, there's the normal guy. Yeah. It, they had taken the man-bat formula and injected that into all of their men. Batman took them all down. <laughs> <laughs> that That's a bit, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. And then also, it's like, Daredevil, he has a lot of problems with Kingpin. And like Kingpin's kind of beat them. They kind of, they kind of go back and forth. It's like whoever has the upper hand, you know, planning wise basically wins. The only time Batman's really gotten beat was when he, you know, was by Bane. And that was like Bane had to, you know, he had to have Batman had the flu 
then Batman also fought all of his toughest villains, had no sleep, and then he still beat Bane. And then Bane had to inject himself with his super steroid, and then he won. And he, and you look okay. at Bane, and Bane without a super steroid, tougher than tougher than Kingpin. Well, that's true. Oh, I'm gonna, but... sorry. I'm gonna add in one more thing because you brought up how Daredevil has taken hits from, like you know Hulk, and he's you know all this other stuff. Batman's taken hits from Zod. Superman, people that can destroy planets. Yeah. So I mean, he, he's been, he's true. taking hits from some some pretty big you know big guys too. Right. Um, and I was trying to find it in my notes. There was, well, whatever. <laughs> um, okay, but while while occasionally he does have trouble with. Uh, kingpin he's done some pretty incredible things against multiple like of his villains he's he's taken on electro gladiator and matador all at the same time and why they may not be like a level villains you know electro hits pretty hard and i know he's tanked a couple hits from electro and then the the even more impressive fight um he holds off white tiger black tarantula Lady Bullseye and several hand assassins all at the same time. Um, I forget. I, I had a, a source on that, but I forget what it is. But I mean, those, those guys aren't slouches, especially when it comes to hand to hand. That's a fact. But my, my closing statement this is going to be my, you know, at the end of the day, if like I've read a lot of Daredevil, I've read a lot of Batman. The main problem with Daredevil facing Batman is the fact that Daredevil's written in a way that's human. Like, you read a Daredevil comic, you're like, I can kind of relate to this guy. He does, he fails a lot. You know, and he gets back up, but he gets his butt kicked a lot. Batman, on the other hand, is written superhuman, even though he's supposed to be human. Like, there's not that much that's relatable about Batman. He wins, because he's just... Sadly, like the DC characters, as far as just power scaling, are just stronger, just faster. You know, like feet wise, it's just that's just how it is. Sorry, buddy. Well, I'll say when it comes down to random encounter, especially the Wild <laughs> West, which is ridiculous <laughs> to think about. You know, let's say let's say dust is like flying up in Batman's face or whatever. I, I know he's got the cowl, but let's say some sand gets up in there and, and messes with them. Daredevil doesn't have any of that weakness, you know, with, Buddy, his, with his radar sense. Really quick though, you know, the dust is would actually cause more problems for old DD because he's even said like that and rain are two things that really bother him because of his radar. Because it's every which way he's seen all this other, you yeah. know, random stuff that he doesn't quite have a hold on. It it messes with his uh, with his radar, but it just, from what I understood in my research is that it just like shortens the distance in which he can like use that radar sense. It doesn't just like throw him off completely. Fair enough. 
he's just not like as strong as because like normally he can pick out Karen's voice in like out of all the noise happening in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. So even in like the Wild West, he's still gonna have an insane radar like abilities. It's just gonna be on a smaller scale. True. And I, you know, I think when it comes down to the hand to hand, like the I know Batman's written to just beat yeah, that, anything. Which that's is what ridiculous. I'm saying. Like but, I have that plot device in there that makes Batman win. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, man. Sounds like sounds like we can't really convince each other, but I will say that uh, the Batman writers just uh, I don't know they write him to be more than human. Even no, that's not. I mean that's exactly it. But while Daredevil is written more human, that makes him, you know, that just makes him lose. Well, <laughs> let's uh, let's get some opinions from our peeps. Anybody listening? Why don't you drop a comment and uh, and let us know who you think would win? Because right now we're that's kind of right now we're, we're tied this, too. To spark discussion. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean if this were in a comic book, Batman would win. But I mean that that's all there is to it. Even though, if you think about it, he shouldn't stand a chance. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if I'd say if he shouldn't stand a chance because, like, I think it would be a close one. Part of me could see Batman winning comic book wise just because he does have that um ability to kind of like pick up on things like daredevil the way it would have to work in the comic daredevil would have to be winning to begin with and then batman figures out the whole sonar thing and outsmarts him that way that's how it would have to go in the comic for it to make sense whether or not that would actually work it's up in the air right yeah i think if if they were doing this crossover, that's how it would be. Daredevil would start out on top and then Batman would figure it out because he's super smart <laughs> and then wins the fight. <laughs> but but if Jake were writing this comic and it was random encounter, Daredevil would win. And I, that's that's just what I'm I saying. I got you, man. You're, you're just picking favorites at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, trust me. I've seen our list. I know there's a couple of mine that are not going to win the fight, but I truly believe that Daredevil could be. All right, fair enough, buddy. Okay, well, ready for Fantastic Four? Yep. Okay. Me with it. So, I got the the uh, Criterion Collection Godzilla for Christmas, and on that, they're all subtitled. And I was like, oh, I'm not a big fan of subtitled movies because like i would just read a book if i wanted to read but i'm actually i actually really loved it and it even made me like all monsters attack which was like my least favorite godzilla movie because the dub was so terrible in it it would make these kids voice like high-pitched and awful and it was like the main character was a kid but in this one it's actually you know great because it's a normal sounding kid not like a grown adult pretending to be a kid so it, it's much nicer <laughs> and, and just Basically, my question for you is, I want, I want four things, whether it be, you know, superhero tropes, a writer, artist, anything comic book related that you used to not like, that you're now like, I'm really into this. Okay. Um, well, I'll just go off of each of your categories. For a trope... I think the whole, and we just mentioned this earlier in Amethyst, but the parent dying thing, like, 
it gets old after a while. And I know that you got to have some motivation and any reason, you know, to be a hero is kind of going to be a trope at this point. But, you know, I, I think that mindset is why I'm okay with it now. Yeah. You know, after you read so many comics, it's like, okay, we get it. Everyone has to have parents. <laughs> like, but, but it's like, well, you, you got to have something. And, and there can only be so many reasons. That's, so, that's one thing that I hate. Like um, when Jeff Johns brought Barry Allen back, he just murdered his mom and put his dad in prison. Like that wasn't a thing. And Jeff Johns is just right. like, well, he's got parents and he's happy. Let's ruin that. <laughs> I feel that. Um, let's see, an artist. Um, this is going to sound crazy, but I'll say for an artist, I used to not like Walt Simonson. Whenever I was first getting into comics, I thought his art was dated, and I didn't like how he did his lines, like his hatching yeah. and stuff. Uh, but But after reading his Thor and his Orion... Like, it pairs so well with the storytelling. And now I think he's just absolutely yeah. legendary. And and I'm like, what what the <laughs> heck was I thinking? Walt Simonson's yeah. amazing. <laughs> uh, as for a writer, probably Mark Millar or Miller, however you say it. I, what, like, I read Kick-Ass and Wanted, like, early on. And I wasn't super hot on either of those. But... Uh, then I read Civil War, which I liked a little better. And then I read Reborn, which was the image book he did with Greg Capullo. And then I became a fan. I was like, all right, this dude can, can tell I gotcha. stories. Yeah, that's with Mark. It was kind of like, it gets weird when he got announced to be like the head creative, like they're for Fox, like they're, you know, when they were still doing Marvel movies, like their voice for that. I was like kind of on the fence. I was like, man. I'm not the biggest fan of his stuff because he's just too outrageous at times. But then other times I'm like, it might be better than nothing. And it turned out like it wasn't the worst, wasn't the best, but yeah, you know, he was working with what he had. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, like, like with anybody, it just depends on what you read. You're not going to like yeah. everything, but definitely didn't like him at first. And, and now I'm all right with them. And then for the fourth, um, for like a character I'll say Superman and I see all the time people will come into the store and say they don't like Superman because he's boring and there isn't any good conflict for him they just haven't read the right thing and you already know which book changed my mind and that was All-Star Superman if you read that book your your opinion of Superman will change there's, there's plenty <laughs> of good conflict for that character you just got to read the right book. There's a whole lot of bad Superman out there, but there's just as much good. You just got to find it. So he was a character I wasn't hot on, but now I love him just like every comic. I really mentioned. think with the Superman, like Superman hate, it's just a phase people go through because I didn't really like Superman for a short amount of time. I also didn't really like Batman for a short amount of time, but then it's just kind of like you get over that and you just kind of go, oh yeah, no, there's good stuff from this guy, you know, about this guy like that when you've been around for like 80 years, there's going to be some crap out there, but there's also going to be a lot of good stuff. So it's just, you know, <laughs> people just have to realize that. Yeah. Without a doubt. 
All right. And since we're all still in quarantine, I wanted to do another Fantastic Four, but this one I'm going to change it up for the Fantastic Four quarantine style to being just the two characters that we talked about in today's battle. So, Batman or Daredevil quarantine books, if you can get one that's a Wild West theme, you get extra points. <laughs> well, that's way easier with Batman because I think he has an Elseworlds title. That's More than likely. Theme. I was really hoping you'd be like, well, Daredevil and the Wild West, you know, like that, that should be easy to find. Daredevil yeah, rides exactly. again. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So for man, you just want like my my top. I mean, two just for each whatever. Like four, just four books that has to be you know one of those either of those two guys. Four books that you're just gonna want you know that you could read over and over again while quarantined. Sure. Um. Okay, well, I'll I'll do two two of each for Daredevil. You you have to mention Mark Wade, like his Daredevil run. I know there's like a lot out there. People like the Bendis stuff, the Brubaker stuff, the Frank Miller stuff, but Mark Wade. That's like when I really really started reading Daredevil heavily, and uh, he's the one that made me love the character. So I'll just say, and I know it's out there. It's just like daredevil by mark wade volumes whatever so i'll say that one um i'll say daredevil born again by (sighs) frank miller i've have read bits and pieces over the years of frank stuff and while i'm not like super hot on the art i think he's got some pretty like some people think it's dated now but like you know what frank did with batman and daredevil both kind of needed to happen at the time and I, I think it's good stuff for mm-hmm. Daredevil. Um, you sounded like you were going to say something. I, no, Born I love Again Born Again. Like, I haven't read all of Frank Miller's Daredevil, but Born Again I bought the trade of, and I absolutely loved it. And I was like, man, if he asks me my picks, that's going to be on my list. And then you said that, I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, you can mention it too, because I am going to ask. Um, for Batman, man, I'm I'm trying to think of, of stuff that isn't going to be like obvious um, stuff that everybody says. But I will say uh, there there's a volume of Batman's Elseworlds titles out there, and I think it's just called Batman Elseworlds Volume One. And I think there there's even a second volume, but. It touches on uh, like vampire Batman, and um, I feel like there there was like a, like a Red Sun version of nice. Batman as well that that's involved in that. Do you have that? Um, but that's cool stuff. I always... Do you have that at your shop? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, so if you like the Elseworlds stuff, and you like Batman, definitely suggest that. And then, um. Well, probably my favorite Batman of all time. It, it's a two-way tie between the Long Halloween and Black Mirror. But I'll say Black Mirror just because it's Dick Grayson Batman. And, you know, I love me some Dick Grayson. So uh, that one is a super cool, just like more of Batman's detective stuff, but with Dick Grayson. And it's a really good time. 
So there's my four. Well, here yours. With Batman, I was going to say Black Mirror and Long Halloween. <laughs> Long Hall, I'll, I'll keep Long Halloween in mind. That one is my favorite Batman story of all time. Tim Sale's art is perfect. And I'm not like Jeff Loeb is very hit and miss for me, but just his storytelling in it is great. He like he's at his best in my opinion with Tim Sale and they're at their best together on Batman. And then Daredevil, I'm going to go with since you took my Frank Miller, I'm going to go with Charles Soule's run. That one like it kind of started off cuz like it just ended with Mark Wade's and I loved Mark Wade's run, but it was like it, that had just ended and then this was a completely different change and I didn't like it at first at all. And then as it kept going, I was like, okay, Charlie, cause that's what I call him. You've won me <laughs> over, sir. This is awesome. And it was really great. And then same thing with Zdarsky. Zdarsky came in and he's going to be my next one. Like read that current run because it is so good. Like it started off again. I was like, really this is how you're starting it and then like by the second issue i was like okay chippy okay chirpy you've you've won me over (laughs) so those are my two daredevils since you kind of stole one of mine and then (laughs) (laughs) right and then uh with my other batman hmm trying to think of like a really good batman story like i would say just go with Court Owls. Like that's really obvious. And but if you if you want something that's like mm-hmm. really good or easy to read quick and just enjoyable, even though I wasn't super hot on the ending, like I thought it was really good, but the ending kind of lost me just a little bit. That's still the that's still the one to read in my opinion. I agree. Great choices all around. And um that'll wrap us up for this week's episode guys so again if you'll like us on facebook that's facebook.com slash two worlds pod you can follow us on twitter at two underscore worlds underscore pc and our instagram is at two worlds pod uh, our email is two worlds podcast at gmail.com and then please rate and review five stars and you're listening i to. just remembered and Jake had forgotten too. We need to announce who's battling next week. Okay, I think next I will choose Wildcat. Ooh, I love me some Wildcat. It kind of hurts that you're putting him in because I'm going to feel bad when my guy completely destroys him. I'm going to go with <laughs> old is... Connor Hawk. Ooh, that's going to be, be fun a for really sure. I hope you're ready to do some research on, on these I am. beloved characters. I'm going to pull up, you know, probably Comic Vine feats for both of them and see how they compare. <laughs> hey, that's, that's fair. That's a good resource. All right, guys. Well, be sure to let us know who you think would win between Batman and Daredevil. You can help us put this debate to rest, and we appreciate you tuning in. Um, have a good week. Bye, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.